It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does Robert Kardashian's house that O.J. Simpson hit out in have to do with the Kentucky Wildcat football program? Well, you'll find out up next, including my official picks and Project Run Play, right here on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And yes, hey all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week. Thanks for joining me once again, and if you're a newbie, well, I'm just a kid from the Columbia area, grew up here, went to Mizzou, covered Chase Daniels' first start for the Columbia Tribune, done a bunch of other stuff in my life, but now here I am the past three seasons talking about Mizzou Tigers football and basketball every single day of the weekday. So let's get to it then, shall we? To me, the biggest keys on offense and defense for the Tigers are somewhat obvious, at least from my perspective. Now, what's not obvious is who's going to win this football game. I've gone back and forth all week because I think both teams have some obvious strengths and weaknesses. Now, defensively, let's start there because Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback, Liam Cohen, the new offensive coordinator, well, they've been the talk after week one of this entire game because obviously that Kentucky defense, or excuse me, the Kentucky offense looks completely different than it has the past few seasons. If you heard my show yesterday, I broke it down in depth for you, but basically, instead of a lot of shotgun running with a Wildcat-type quarterback for the most part, well, Kentucky will still run the ball with Chris Rodriguez, no doubt about that, but a lot more multiple formations under center, they're going to actually huddle, and really the biggest plays for Kentucky in that Louisiana-Monroe game were play-action passes, deep shots down the middle of the field for the most part, and they came from under center. Now here's the deal. Under center versus the shotgun, certainly you can play-action fake from both situations, right? And I would argue when you're under center, you can sell that play-action even harder, make that second level of the defense, the linebackers, and, and even the safeties suck in even harder when you're under center. But there's a downside. You also have your back to the play as a quarterback. So for me, if I'm Steve Wilkes, the biggest thing I want to do is make Will Levis feel pressure early. I want Will Levis to be uncomfortable, uncomfortable, particularly on those play-action fakes from under center because he had all day to throw in those situations last week, and he was really, really effective at it when he had a clean pocket. So if you're Steve Wilkes, if you're Missouri's new defensive coordinator, you've got a challenge in front of you right now. We all know how fall camp these days, not nearly as much actual live tackling, live football as there used to be. So if you're Steve Wilkes, you really, really need to know your personnel here. Can Missouri's front four, 
can it get pressure by just applying those four guys or perhaps maybe a fifth guy in the pass rush? Can you do it? Now, we think Trey John Jeffcoat is a keeper, is a pass rusher, no doubt about it. But can Isaiah McGuire get in the backfield too? Can Mekhi Wingo from the three-tech, anybody on the inside of the defense? Because if not, I think Missouri's got to bring five or six guys in pass rush early in this ball game. I just think the last thing you want to see is Will Levis getting comfortable, dropping back to pass in clean pockets, and getting time to pick apart the Missouri defense on the back end. Now, the thing is, that all, that Kentucky offensive line is a really, really good one, especially at their tackle positions. So to me, if I'm Steve Wilkes, I'm thinking whatever I was doing last week in terms of bringing pressure, maybe on the back end you change up the coverage, but I think you're going to have to bring Martez Manuel. You're going to have to bring Sean Robinson. You're going to have to bring Blaze Aldridge in pressure occasionally, and frankly, take your chances. And with Wandale Robinson on the outside, Josh Ali on the outside, they certainly have the receivers to make Missouri pay there. So this isn't a foolproof strategy whatsoever. I just think rushing for the first drive for Missouri, I think that could be a big mistake if they do that. You know, get the, get the crowd into the ballgame, they march it down the field, I just don't want to see them get momentum early and get an early lead, even more importantly, on the scoreboard. So once again, if I'm Steve Wilkes, I'm thinking i got to selectively bring some pressure here on this first drive. If I think they're in a play-action position maybe, a good down for a play-action fake, maybe I bring that slot corner to his backside, make him feel some pressure early. I just, once again, just don't want to see him being comfortable. And just some quick notes on the Kentucky Wildcats, I've picked up the last few weeks. Well, their new offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen, who was in the Los Angeles area at the time working for Sean McVay and the L.A. Rams. Well, he met the Kentucky coaching staff. He met Mark Stoops at the O.J. Hideout house, if you will. The house formerly owned by Robert Kardashian, of course, the father of Kim and that whole gang. Well, another interesting note, Will, Will Levis on his official school bio said his dream is to be a stay-at-home dad with a wife who makes six figures in income. Now, for, I had to laugh at that one. He's got to be joking a little bit, right? Nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home dad, by the way. I do plenty of stay-at-home fathering myself, but with a wife who makes six figures. Excellent note there by Will Levis. I, I enjoyed his sense of humor there. And by the way, one thing Eli Drinkwitz said about the Missouri run game last week, too many negative plays for the Tigers. Well, last season, Chris Rodriguez, the lead running back for Kentucky, and plenty of touches, by the way, only had five negative running plays in the entire season. So he's a really tough north-south kind of runner, an explosive one, too. If he gets to the second level, he can take it to the house, too. So, you know, if Missouri... Obviously, Chris Rodriguez is going to be a problem, but to me, my biggest worry is, once again, letting that Kentucky passing game get into a rhythm early in the football game. And as you may have heard by now, the Big 12 Conference has officially invited four new schools into their arrangement, Houston, Cincinnati, Central Florida, and BYU, which has got to be 
the big fish there for sure. And, of course, BYU was in the news earlier this season as well when they had an arrangement with Built Bar, and Built Bar paid for all of their walk-on scholarships. Well, Built Bar is, of course, a big partner of ours here at the Locked On Podcast Network. And, frankly, Built Bar, not only a really excellent forward-looking company doing a lot of interesting stuff, but the reason they're able to do all this stuff is because they've created a heck of a product. In fact, probably the best-tasting protein bar ever designed by human beings. So how can you go wrong when they have so many delicious flavors from salted caramel, orange, strawberry, coconut, or maybe you just want to double down and go with the classic double chocolate. But either way, you got high protein, low sugar, low carbs. That's what you want, right? So here's what you got to do. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. As I've gotten older as a football fan, I've really come to loathe the phrase, establish the run. Because to me, when people say, oh, we've established the run, all they mean is that they've simply handed the ball off a lot. They don't mean they've actually ran the ball effectively. Now, to me, that's establishing the run. Simply handing off a bunch of dive plays into the A-gap that gain a yard and a half over and over again. I don't think you're really establishing anything there, quite frankly. But you know what? On the offensive side of the ball this Saturday, I think Missouri probably does need to run the ball effectively to win this game. Quite honestly, they need to be running it. If the running backs for Missouri are averaging five to six yards a carry, I think Missouri has a really good chance to win this football game. But if it's more like three and a half yards a carry, I think Missouri's probably screwed, to be quite honest, because that Kentucky defensive front, from what I saw, you do not want to be in a third and long situation against them. They've got some really athletic guys that can get to the quarterback. So to me, obviously, if you're going to run the ball effectively on first down, it's going to be second and three. You know, maybe it'll be third and three, something like that. So now you have options. You slow down that Kentucky pass rush. But also, because those guys are so athletic and Kentucky generally plays a fairly soft defense on standard downs off the line of scrimmage anyway, I just think being able to run the football effectively for Missouri is going to be paramount. I don't think they can win without that aspect of the game, to be perfectly honest. If they're just going to drop back and have to throw it 50 times, I just don't think that's going to work. You notice last season, that was Missouri's game plan. I don't think that was a coincidence. There's a reason that Missouri kept the football on the ground over and over again. Part of the reason was, obviously the Tigers felt like they didn't need that much offensively considering 
what was happening on the other side of the football when Kentucky had the ball. But I still think this season, just in terms of how to counteract that Kentucky defensive line and pass rush, Missouri, Tyler Beatty, Eli Young, we need to average five, six yards a carry, or else, frankly, we're probably screwed. Now, of course, another way Missouri can run the football and also hopefully slow down that pass rush for Kentucky, at least on standard downs, would be handing the ball off on jet sweeps. And we know Mookie Cooper is definitely a good option, at least Missouri certainly thinks so, on those jet sweeps. Well, Mookie was upgraded on the injury report report from questionable last week to probable this week, so hopefully that's a sign that he's making some progress. On the negative side of things, though, both Barrett Bannister and our newly minted slot cornerback Chris Abrams-Drain both popped up on the injury report as questionable. Didn't see any signs of injury for either guy during the Central Michigan game, so hopefully this isn't a late practice injury that pops up. Those can often be a little bit uh, tricky to, to deal with, that's for sure. And especially, frankly, with Chris Abrams' drain as well as he played last week, that would be a blow to the Missouri defense for sure. No doubt about it. I thought, just watching it back on film, I thought he performed much better than Chris Sheeran did in the slot, if I'm being perfectly honest. And I am going to reveal my official pick for the Missouri-Kentucky game, but just first, I'm going to tease it a little bit, give you an idea of what Las Vegas is thinking. Well, our friends over at betonline.ag still have the game. Kentucky, minus five and a half. They're the favorites. Missouri is plus 175, though, on the money line. So if you pick Missouri to win outright, put 10 bucks on it, win 17.50, or of course, any proportion thereof. That's my advice. I would just pick Missouri straight up to win the game if you like the Tigers this weekend. No, you know what? Another interesting future, though, if you're a Tigers fan, Nick Bolton to win Defensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL, twenty-eight to one. I got to be honest. Oh, that's a stay away from me. I think it's interesting because it's Nick Bolton and because well, he's going to get a lot of snaps here early in the season. Certainly has the ability to rack up some tackles. Those numbers translate well onto Twitter, right? But 28 to 1, honestly, I was hoping for a lot more value from my good buddies over at betonline.ag. Was hoping for something more like 50, perhaps even 75 to 1. Then they would have gotten me. But 28, sorry guys, that's too low. But you know what? Plenty of other propositions available at BetOnline. And guess what? Use the promo code Locked On when you sign up today. You'll get 100% on top of whatever you buy in for. That's your welcome bonus from us at BetOnline and the Locked On Podcast Network. So once again, use the promo code Locked On for your 100% welcome bonus at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
So if you've listened to this program for a while now, you've certainly figured out that I'm a rather biased Missouri fan. And often my bias is to the optimistic side of the equation. Great example, I just picked the Tigers to go 9-3 and three this season. That was, that's certainly on the optimistic end of the old graph, no doubt about that. And oh yeah, famously, me and my frequent guest here, good buddy Blake Stark, both picked Missouri to go 11-1 and one in 2019. Just, just slightly overshot the mark on that one by a few games. But you know what I also am, though? I'm honest with you, the listeners. So to that point, if I'm going to say that Missouri needs to run the ball effectively and get pass rush, get pressure on the quarterback consistently to win this game, here's the problem. I think Kentucky has the advantage on both lines of scrimmage. Again, on paper, as I look at this now. So with that being said, you put a gun to my head, and by God, why would you do that? Why would you put a gun to my head? But if you did... I got to pick Kentucky. I just do. I think objectively, if I'm going to say what my keys to the game are and also praise that Kentucky defensive front of being so athletic and able to put pressure on the quarterback and also point out that Kentucky might have a couple NFL players at offensive tackle, I just don't know how how those two things can live together and I just automatically pick Missouri. If those are my opinions, how can I then pick Missouri? So honestly, I'm just feeling like it's probably something like a 24 to 17 Kentucky victory tomorrow. For whatever reason, I think Missouri will get some pressure on the quarterback. I think they'll bring the house on occasion, get the quarterback certainly more uncomfortable than he looked in week one. But I also think Kentucky will probably hit a couple big plays on Missouri when they do that as well. My biggest concern is really the Missouri offense. I just think this may not be the best matchup for them. If you're dropping back to pass and it's third and ten with that kind of pass rush, this is where maybe one of Connor Basilak's weaknesses comes into play here. He's not a great runner. He's just not. He's not a good scrambler. I'm not saying he can't scramble at all, but just in this type of game, you're going to need some situations if you get into a bunch of third and longs where the quarterback's going to need to buy time for sure. Is Connor able to do that? I I haven't really seen it yet out of him. So that worries me a little bit too. But honestly, again, and now the optimistic side of me starts to kick in. I've gone back and forth on this game all week. A part of me really, really wants to pick Missouri because, again, just based after week one, I think Missouri is the cleaner team. I think they're the more ready. They've been in this offense longer. Let's put it that way. They've had an entire season with Eli Drinkwitz, whereas with Liam Cohen and Kentucky, they've had one week. I think you'll see some, hopefully you'll see some procedural penalties that could maybe take Kentucky out of their drives. Hopefully some botch snaps, that kind of thing, which we did see one crucial one in week one, some muff punts. Missouri played a much cleaner game than Kentucky in week one, and also Missouri has one of the best special teams units in the country, especially the guys who kick the football. Is there anybody in the country right now you'd rather have kicking a game-winning field goal from, say, 50 yards than Harrison Mevis, or even 35 yards, anywhere on the field? I think I'll take Mevis over anybody right now. I really do. So that's a huge advantage for Missouri for the whole season. 
And by the way, before we get out of here, I know while I just painted myself as a positive human being, I was definitely a little negative about the Missouri fan experience and somewhat negative about attendance leading up to that first game as well. And I have to admit, I was interested to see the rather stark contrast in the reactions from diehard fans like myself who just desperately want Missouri to improve and be better and compete for championships versus the actual guys on the field who are playing. Because all the reactions I got from Ennis Rakestraw and Martez Manuel and various other guys on the football team who were asked about the crowds, they were all grateful. They were saying, we love it. It's great to have the fans back. And, you know, it just seems like maybe as fans were nitpicking a little bit. And frankly, you know, the 47,000 people who were there, including myself and my crew, I mean, we were all having fun, making noise. The people who there did, who were there did a great job. I think everybody was grateful and happy to see a full Faroe field, a relatively full Faroe field, compared to last season. That's for darn sure. So let's take a step back for a minute as fans and realize, you know what? It was Labor Day weekend. There was lots of rain in the forecast, which never really came to fruition. If Missouri wins on if Missouri wins in week two, certainly if they certainly Missouri wins in week two, get past the CMO game, you know, the Tennessee game should be a great crowd for that, North Texas, that kind of deal. So let's just let's just let it play out and see where it goes, is what I'm trying to say. Now, just in terms of the fan experience, I actually am encouraged because we as season ticket holders got an email from the athletic department this week basically saying that they heard us despite the fact that the noise was so loud in the north end zone they they literally did hear us thank goodness and one of the things they said is yes we're gonna work on the levels of sound in the north end zone so if you thought I was insane for talking about that maybe you weren't at the game well I promise you that sound affected people's enjoyment of the game. Clearly, I wasn't the only one who complained about it. And, you know, the reason I wear headphones when I do this podcast is so I can hear my voice. Basically, the, the quality of the audio that's coming through. Well, guys at Mizzou, if the audio that's ever coming through your speakers is distorted, it's too loud. Period, 100%. So let's start there. But number two... I don't think this is something we can really fix until later, but get some get some speakers on the south end and you won't have to turn up the ones on the north end so loud. A very, very easy, simple solution there. Probably not one that's going to happen this year, though, obviously. But again, I'm encouraged that they recognize the problems. They said they're going to get more personnel in the beer lines, especially on the north concourse, apparently. Hey, how about that south concourse? That's where I am. But again, I know it's not going to be perfect. Your first game back from a year without fans. And also I recognize the various economic realities that are making hiring very challenging right now. Believe me, I'm very aware of that. I follow the financial news every single day. I get it. Still, though, when you're paying the kind of money that me and my family have paid for tickets, for season tickets forever... It's still a tough pill to swallow when you've got to stand in line for 20, 30 minutes just to get a drink or or some food or something. So 
whatever they have to do there, they have to raise some prices a little bit to get people to actually work. I mean, I, I personally would take that trade off. I know that prices are already high, so maybe that's not a realistic solution either. Again, I understand that there are a lot of economic realities right now that are making hiring difficult, so I do just want to acknowledge that for sure. On the other hand, the one thing they got to do, get the partitions in the south end zone down. That is a thing that costs absolutely nothing and will improve everyone's experience in that south end zone dramatically. I promise you we just want to see the field when we're walking around, so please do that. And oh, hey, I just realized we're at the end of the show here and I haven't done project run play. Well, you know what? We got the old Stormtrooper outfits out. I guess the the new Stormtrooper outfits, white on white on white. You know what? Honestly, I prefer if we're going to go with the white jerseys, white pants, give me a black helmet. That's all I ask. Looks a little bit more like Missouri to me, but... You know what? Maybe I'm just getting bored with my own segment here. I don't know. But you know what? Regardless, hopefully my official pick for the Kentucky-Missouri game will be wildly, wildly wrong, and we'll be talking about a Tiger blowout come Sunday. So until then, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.